0: Frank, 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 I'm back in America, huh, huh, where gas is really expensive, but guess what? It's way more expensive everywhere else in the world. You know, when you pay per liter for gas, it goes up real quick. Well, you just don't know. It, it, it's I, I like
1: it because you're just completely ignorant. Uh, Americans can't do that conversion. What is it? Liters per half euro or something? Some crazy conversion. I have and no <laughs> idea.
0: It just kept going up, and you, it just you put kept your going.
1: Put your credit card in the machine, hit the button and shut your eyes. (laughs) Just hope for the best.
0: (laughs) And away we go. Yeah, that was it was uh, that was great. I went um, back. I'm back. Uh, No special Frank exclusive podcast like we talked about last episode because we're back. I've been up since five this morning because I just flew home on three flights from Slovenia slovenia welcome back i yes. I can't do an episode without you james you know i
1: kept thinking about i'm like okay i could do it by myself but i'm like no that would go bad that would go really bad i'm so used to being able to like talk for a couple minutes and then just stop and hope hopefully you were paying attention <laughs> So I think it would go really bad. And then I was just too unorganized to get another co-host. So I'm so happy, James, that you are here on my show today. I'm so happy that you are my special guest today. And you made it back across the wide oceans and beautiful Europe to come back for this.
0: We did. Yes. It was fantastic. And mostly the most terrifying part of it was um actually having to wait up until that 24 hour clock to get the COVID mm. test uh, which was a very fascinating experience. We booked an online service, um, where they monitor or they watch you take the COVID test and then they watch wow. it turn positive or negative, And then they send you a form and you hope that the airport accepts it to find out as we're entering the plane, I'm on WhatsApp and I'm talking to my team to let them know that, Hey, I'm on a plane. I'm actually going to come back to work <laughs> on Monday. Um, and then I said that this was the most terrifying experience because, uh, you know, if, if, if you're, You know, like we had a meetup recently in in Redmond. If someone did get COVID and they couldn't fly in, well, at least they're stuck at home. I was like, we'd be stuck in Slovenia. And (laughs) and I've had coworkers where this has happened. They've gone to a conference international and then they were stuck. And I don't.
1: I, I don't think I'd mind getting stuck in Slovenia. Maybe hard to explain to your boss, but if you just look at it a little objectively, you're like, <laughs> oh, darn, I'm stuck in a beautiful part of Europe. Darn. <laughs> well,
0: I, I agree. But the problem is then you got to scramble and figure out, like, oh, am I going to be able to work? Am I going to be able to get another hotel? Like, you know, what am I going to do? <laughs> it's, it's all workable. Um, but the problem is we have a diabetic dog that we're paying, you know, for Ouch. a dog sitter to have. So that is the other conundrum. We're like updating the dog sitter nonstop. So I agree with you. If if you're solo dolo, YOLO in <laughs> like Frank Kruger over there, then yes, no problem. But um no, besides this man that man has I
1: mean, responsibilities, huh? You, yeah, you have a quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: and I'm sure they have beautiful uh
1: healthcare for humans. I don't know about the dog situation over there. a foreign dog. Would they treat a
0: foreign dog? I'm sure they would. Yeah. And But the funny part is, literally today they dropped the requirement. So twenty four hours after we got on a plane, they dropped the requirement. So like we could have just you know, oh okay, bad timing. Yeah, bad timing.
1: Yeah, I, I, because I was gonna go into a whole thing like how did you get back here, but you covered it. So you are supposed to take a test and all that stuff, but it it just went away. Okay. Yeah. So we did take the
0: test. We did take the test on Friday. We were negative, so we could fly on Saturday, and then on Sunday, which is today. 612, which when we're recording this, that's no longer required. To take
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, it's good, though, that you're not infecting uh, True.
0: Americans, I guess. I <laughs> agree. We're the only country basically left in the world that was enforcing it. But, you know, whatever. We're back. It's, you know, it's a mixed bag. I don't really know how I feel about it, except for that when I was traveling, it did keep us up. Like I didn't sleep very well. The, the night before the test, right? It's, it's, it's like, you know, you're a kid and your parents are like, we're going to take you to like the amusement yeah. park or we're going on this big road trip. Like the night before you're so excited. You're like I'm staying up all night. I, I can't wait. It was like that. But then I was like really nervous. And then I'm like, yeah. it, okay, I'm like, now I'm nervous. I'm like, I'm a little shaky. I'm like, do I have COVID? Do I not have COVID? Like, oh my goodness. I don't know. But anyways, I don't have COVID again, <laughs> um, for the second time. And, uh, we're good. We're home. It's nice to be home. It's nice to shower to all of our european listeners i don't know how you shower every single day in such a tiny shower but you do and um in all four places we stayed such tiny showers but uh, i was glad to have my american-sized shower um and it took a very long shower it was very nice i was very you know after so many flights it's so long but uh big shout outs to uh air france and delta for getting us home there are non-typical airlines as we are usually a one world alliance family, uh, but thank you Sky team um, <laughs> yeah,
1: I love your loyalties it's so cute and now I get it if you travel a lot for business I get I get why you have to have the loyalties, <laughs> but I gave uh, up on that so long yes. ago not um, sponsored so. <laughs> not sponsored uh you know what's even better uh, 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 than your trip I'm gonna say yeah what overall for the world what the worldwide developer conference from no. Apple
0: dub dub dc as many of the apple team members call it actually it's called the dub dub dc dub-dub. I, I noticed during the developer keynote and funnily enough in slovenia we watched not only the keynote but also the developer platform keynote too so i am actually up to date on all the new ah. widgets so many widgets frank look at all those <laughs> widgets on your home screen they're everywhere they're actually not only just on your home screen they're on your lock screen
1: widgets and fonts that's all that's that's what we got for you people widgets and fonts i i hope you like them
0: <laughs> you know you are i think the the fonts are underrated they didn't really they did talk about it a lot but i i didn't think about it until you said it right now which is actually looking at the the lock screen it's, it's all about the fonts you're really right that's crazy well
1: san francisco is an okay font i know there's people that love san francisco i'm like it's an okay font yeah um but the truth is like we had this whole conversation where you and I don't customize our stuff very much, no. but it is your home screen. I think I'm going to have a little bit of fun with it since they finally are newsflash allowing us to edit our home screens everywhere.
0: Yes, it's and it's by, actually by, called
1: I'm, the lock screen, not the home screen. I'm yeah,
0: super confused, about that. And by the way, this is our 310 episode, which means we're going to try to cover all the topics in WWDC in the next 30 minutes. So we'll see if we're able to do any of that. <laughs> Everyone. Um, every <laughs> single one videos. of videos. Well, well, this was a big one because, you know, uh, on Android, we've had lock screen widgets forever. So I think we had, maybe we haven't, who knows anymore. But this is uh, this is big news because the example they show all the time is, you know, you have your, your, your time and date up there, but now you can have a weather forecast. You can have like your rings on there. Uh, essentially I no longer have to unlock my phone because all the th- things that I want to <laughs> see will now be on my home screen or my lock screen. Dang it. What is it called? Lock screen. I don't, my, one of those lock, things. My lock home, my lock home screen. Yeah. So it, I think it's only like three widgets, four widgets that you can have question mark.
1: Uh, I, but but uh, I thought widget kit was available there. Is it not? Uh, like apps can install widgets for the lock screen, or am I completely losing it? Did I not watch the video correctly?
0: Help I, me, James. I think you get, I think you get just like the square. Like, you know, you can put in a rect like you can put in rectangle widgets, or you can put in square <laughs> widgets or circular yeah. widgets. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Um, I I think you from all the screenshots I see on the website. It, Anyways, they're widgets, but they're all well, built with WidgetKit, basically. They're the same widgets. I don't think you have to build yeah. new widgets. I think they're the same widgets. Question mark, exclamation mark?
1: Yeah, I just wonder about the security, because there used to be a whole thing about not leaking private information onto the lock screen, since anyone can see your lock screen. So Ooh. I think if you're developing an app, you'll probably want to look into the APIs to know
0: uh, what data to present. Yes, they are different, by the way. It says you can now use WidgetKit to build complications. Oh, I love how they call them complications. Oh, okay. Yeah, it that's the more clear. They meant oh they're smart. So so yeah, okay. Oh fascinating. Okay, so you'll you build widgets for the home screen. You build complications for the lock screen. Oh boy.
1: More code, everyone. Just keep writing your code. I can I tell you actually my favorite feature about all this? The fonts are cool. The widgets are cool. Hmm. What I like is the notifications are no longer in the middle of the window. I don't know if you're as clumsy as me, but like yeah. I'll go to unlock my phone and then like tap a reminder or some random link someone messaged me. And I'm like, no, I just wanted to get to my podcast player. <laughs> but instead, all these things come up. Man, I am putting the notifications at the bottom. as small oh, as yeah. <laughs> they let me make it.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I, agree I don't know with if that. they let
1: you change the font on the notifications, but gosh darn it, I want to! I want to make it tiny, yeah. tiny
0: font. Yeah, super tiny font. I agree with you. I'm always messing up my my notifications all the time. But here's the funny part too: is so they call them complications for the lock screen, and they do say that if you are building WatchOS complications, you can reuse 100 percent of the code for the iOS 16 complications too. So it's literally going to be a shared you know cuz compl- they yeah. ported widget kit for complications to the watch so now they'll have shared infrastructure there which is cool using swift ui to do that which is very smart so if you're building watch complications which which makes sense cuz those are essentially the same they're minimal information more private information you know like maybe just rings or the yep. weather that's smart
1: And also low power Um, Mm. complications can't just be updating themselves all the time. The operating system actually asks you to update it. You project out as far into the future as you can and you return as much future data as you can to the OS in the hopes that it actually doesn't have to execute any code on your behalf either. So
0: just some architectural things to look into. Unless you're using live activities frank the brand oh new boy. widget that's live that's updating in real time draining your battery boom they got you covered frank is that a widget or a complication uh cr- you can create live activities no they're different so the <laughs> so great question gotcha. so this is a third this is a third widget oh, gosh. You, you do build them with widget kit they're all in on widget kit in fact okay is will widget kit Replace UI Kit. Nobody knows. Um, <laughs> widget Kit's gonna replace Swift UI, UI Kit,
1: App Kit. All the APIs <laughs> all the are kits. just
0: Widget Kit now. <laughs> Everything's a widget. I mean, that's what you know. That's what they say with Flutter. Everything's a widget. They're all in on the Widget Kit. Um, yeah. Anyways, so this is this is really neat because this is uh, a neat feature that you know Android apps. I'm pretty sure have been able to do these. You know, uh, they call them like uh, uh, I forget what they call them. They're, but they're they're notifications that are sticky, basically. And, uh, this is cool because you can have live activity. So maybe you're doing a workout, maybe you're, uh, I don't know, doing something else, probably a workout. This, they built it for workouts. I think they built all widgets for workouts and complications for workouts. That's what I'm and weather, but you can see live information, uh, on your lock screen now with these live activities and they look like widgets. And so you could, you could see pretty much all the stuff that's on your watch, but, you know, on your phone or if you're doing a drive or you're doing other activities, that's there. Now, that's not going to be at launch of iOS, iOS 16. That's going to be later. <laughs> so later, later. We didn't quite finish it. Sorry. <laughs> no. And that's, you know, I like this approach. I, I am fine with them putting less into the major release. So it's a solid. They've had really solid developer beta previews. I mean, I've yeah. been super pleased. And I'm okay with this, by the way. So, wait.
1: yeah, I think we should give the overall impression that we've gotten from this thing. Um, this definitely feels like an incremental year. Oh, uh, yeah. We did not get the flashy new AR uh, hardware that's going to revolutionize computing or anything like that. No. This is just a, a bunch of nice new APIs, some refinements to the home screen. We've we've had this discussion before. These are my favorite updates. You know, I love technology. I'm passionate about technology, but gosh, I don't need APIs breaking all the time. And I much prefer these incremental things. And that's the exactly the WWDC we got. Uh, do you want to take a break from the home screen and talk about some developer stuff? Are you interested in that? I've I have been watching dub dub dc videos all week just because i have no life and i always feel like you're attending the
0: conference frank
1: that's it (laughs) you're attending
0: the conference you took the week to enjoy the dub dub that's all
1: yeah and okay so a uh if i don't watch it this week then i tend not to ever watch them or i go watch them when i need to watch them which is not the right way you really just want to kind of get into it all and yeah it's easier to watch them all at once it's easier to binge than not binge so just been down the rabbit hole. Um, can I tell you my favorite developer feature that has finally come?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm widget kit. No, it's ah, name.
1: sorry. Well, I'm just I'm just not into the widgets. I, well, I I gotta live that widget life.
0: Okay, so are you are you talking like um API? Are you talking um a f- new feature for developers? Are you talking uh xcode feature or mac feature like what's the category of developer feature that you're talking about
1: it's too big there's too many new apis i'm just going to tell you james okay hdr that's it hdr can i tell you a little story now iphones have been coming with hdr screens for a very long time now their cameras can take hdr photography Uh but james have you ever tried to write an app
0: that displays hdr uh, no, I'd imagine only Adobe is possibly could do anything yeah, like that. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so it's been, it's been really frustrating because Apple's been shipping these beautiful screens, these XDR screens, and then on the iPhones. Th- this was a little confusing to me. So everyone here, uh, here, at little lesson. Apple calls their HDR technology EDR because hmm. they want to be different. So HDR is... um um. I I already forgotten. (laughs) And uh, E is extended range uh, data for doing photography. The goal is to be able to make uh, the brightness of the sun much more powerful than the brightness of, say, a piece of chalk laying on the ground. They would both be represented by the color white in the sRGB uh, color scale because we only have values between 0 and 1 but in HDR photography and EDR photography, you can make things brighter than 1. You know, you can crank them up to 11. The problem was that was only available for videos so if you wanted to make HDR content in your app, say you're writing a circuit simulator and you wanted to make fire really bright, you couldn't do it. You couldn't do hdr so the neat thing that they've added to ios 16 is all of a sudden uh core animation layers can um uh opt into hdr support so now you can make pixels brighter than 255 brighter than uh the value 1.0 you can blind your user (laughs) you actually can't um but they uh it's basically uh two times and five times brighter than normal so those are now available apple of course says please use this with <laughs> some modesty. <laughs> don't, don't just make everything super bright. It's just going to annoy the user. Use it for special effects. Use it for highlights. Use it to really draw attention to certain parts. But huh. it's really neat. You can opt into this feature now and render HDR imagery, like using core image or whatever, or core animation, all those. And you can even query the operating system to ask it um, how much beyond the level one can it go. I love these APIs.
0: Wow. I didn't, I did not even. This must have been a deeper dive in a different one that I'm definitely have to go and, and watch. That's really fascinating. Do you think it'll just be more for images and graphics? Or do you think that there's like, let's say applications inside of, I mean, I'd assume maybe inside of iCircuit, but maybe Yeah, I could see inside of iCircuit, but anything mm-hmm. inside of like continuous where you're like, I'm going to use it to make things even more vibrant in code <laughs> or like code stand out or something like that, or they, like pump I- up like, i don't know
1: i'm gonna you know the problem is you kind of need a good test device for this Mm. uh the iphones i believe can do 2x to 3x so instead of capping off at 1.0 they cap off at 2.0 or 3.0 apple calls this the headroom of the display uh the display with the best is that what five thousand dollar xdr thing that they sell uh, I'm not going to buy one of those. <laughs> the <laughs> The next best is the really high-quality iPad Pro with the XDR display. That can do something like 5 to 10x. Um, so I don't think I'm going to take advantage of it to... F- For reliable features like that, I I honestly have to get some test devices and play around with it. But I've been a graphics person my whole life, and anything that allows me to render graphics better is just going to make me happy. So this is huge for video games, obviously. Um, It's been around for video. But uh, if you're doing anything
0: graphically interesting, I think you're going to really enjoy this feature. Nice. I like that a lot. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I definitely want to check that out. Um, I'm not doing anything with video or audio or (laughs) any video or or photography, but uh, I do think that that hopefully will bring a lot of other new functionality to light in some of these applications. And I'm imagining that, is is that API also then going to come to the Mac then, I'd assume too?
1: Oh, yeah. It's everywhere. It's in all the Apple things because it is core graphics and core animation-based. Metal supports it also. Metal 3. Yeah, uh, basically what you have to do if you've done any of this kind of programming, um, Apple has had this color space class for a while now. So you just have to make sure you use the correct color space. And then um, I think there's one other, uh, like a Boolean that you have to opt into to say, Mm. please take me seriously and render this as HDR content. EDR content, not high dynamic range, extended dynamic range. That's cool. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. (laughs)
0: all right frank let me ask you a question now that you're talking about vibrancy and you know extending a platform with new vibrant you know colors that no one's ever seen in your life how do you feel about app intense what (laughs) that was a weird transition (laughs) yeah how do you feel about app intense (laughs) i i
1: i don't have very strong feelings james i think that is there is there a controversy? Should I should I feel one way or the other? I think that, Not I emotionally think it,
0: invested. <laughs> I think that it's funny that they called it intense because that's literally what it's called on Android. <laughs> I know, like, uh, yeah.
1: I mean, it's the widget thing too. Like, Android's yeah. been using widgets forever, so what can you yeah. we do?
0: Well, so so app intense, I think are are fascinating because it's it, it's a new way of exposing pieces of functionality to um, Siri to Spotlight and to the Shortcuts application. So before there wasn't a good way of of doing that. So like automation, like, you know, and adding in these things I like to do, let's say export all transactions is like as an example they've been using. Like, oh, I'm going to export this thing to CSV. So you could imagine I'm going to go into Shortcuts and set up something that says every time, uh, I don't know, something happens, then fire off this intent. Uh, so you could imagine that, that this would happen in some of your applications where you want to, automate something and fire off something and expose this functionality or jump into a part of your application. This is like the new, the new way of doing it, basically. So I don't have much to say about this except for cool. Okay. You just
1: reminded me, I I do have some emotions about this. (laughs) Okay, good.
0: I think, I I mean, I figured you would, that's why I brought it up, but I obviously (laughs) knew that the, that they wouldn't be as strong as new HDR colors. So Look, it's
1: not graphics. But who really cares?
0: It's <laughs> no. true. Oh, but no. talking about graphics, you know, my favorite demo that they did was Room Plan, which is oh. from ARKit, which I yeah. mean, it uses LiDAR scanning. And talking oh, about it- LiDAR, I mean, that this seems so cool. You can create a 3D floor plan of your room. I think this is going to be really neat uh, in general. I don't, the, oh, it looks like they had an app already built in general yeah, well, right it's still an
1: api so <laughs> this is the joke although they didn't release any ar hardware they still keep on releasing ar tools and apps James. i don't know yeah. what's going on what the tea leaves are saying or any of that stuff we will get back to app intense i will get back to my point but yeah that app is amazing uh if you've been watching my twitch show i've been working on like scanner apps for the last couple months now yeah and they knocked it out of the park Uh, They're doing the hard problem of simplifying the geometry in the room to make it more. I I don't, you can't say realistic because it's not, but more useful. (laughs) Like it's a much more useful representation of the room. And what it's good for is like imagine a video game that, a proper augmented reality video game where the video game setting just turns your room into the video game setting. The idea being you won't walk into a table or a wall because that wall is still in the video game, but you can recolor that wall to make it more video gamey. You can make it sci-fi, all that stuff. So I think this is all just to extend the, obviously, because it's AR. And the the neat thing is it's just an API. You can put this view into your app, call some codes, and all of a sudden you have the user scan the room so that you can do... um, whatever you want to do it's kind of funny because you can tell apple's like hey we we know this will be useful but we're not quite sure how <laughs> so we, we can't wait to see what you make with this you know it, it's one of those kinds of things but for for me it's just it's games it's obviously games um you know creatures coming out of the wall zombie attack around the door that kind of stuff
0: yeah that seems it seems pretty cool i'm excited to see what People use, and I'm excited for Heather to get her new phone, so I get her current phone, which has lidar yeah. in it. So I'll finally be able to use something like this. So that'd be neat.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm probably gonna. I'm hoping it'll run on my iPad Pro, but I'm gonna have to get a new phone this year. Obviously, they're they're all in on the AR. Yeah. Okay. So back to app intense, <laughs> real quick. I'll I'll just give my quick opinion here. Uh, no problem with it. It's fine. I love yeah. new APIs, shiny, all that stuff. What I find a little frustrating is I had just finally wrapped my head around um, handoff and uh, user app activities and all that stuff. I just finally started to understand it, started to architect my apps so that that stuff worked really nicely. And now I have to... I don't think I really have to re-architect the app at all, but it's additional information because I'm not going to remove the handoff information or mm-hmm. anything like that. It's still going to be there. I still want to support those scenarios too, um, especially they introduced the new transferable uh, data types and things like that. So uh, yeah, okay. App Intents, they're fine. Um, thanks, Apple. I didn't need yet another way to do this, but I never actually learned how to use SiriKit We've covered it on this podcast, and I still never actually integrate into any of my apps. So maybe this will actually get me to integrate Siri into my apps.
0: Yeah, this, this, it makes way more sense that there's a common API to run across SiriKit and shortcuts and, and uh spotlight as well. Yeah. So they're not separate, which was silly, silly. <laughs> yeah, it, especially if you're doing common functionality. So this is really nice to see a unification of it. But again, it's only going to be like the newer, newer stuff, new, newer levels, right? That's, that's the only problem. Like with Google, they're always putting stuff in app compat, so in Android X, so you can always mm-hmm. bring it back. But with these, they're, so tight into the operating system you're like oh, okay like you know what do i do um uh, but good good and bad but yeah anyways it's good there, uh, it's good there
1: there are going to be a lot of if os is greater than or equal to 16 mm-hmm. in my apps because of all these things uh, i don't know if you caught this one but they changed how navigation bars render on ipad now i know oh, wait i should rephrase they change how navigation bars render all the time, <laughs> okay. but, but they've they've added some uh, proper nice new features to it. There are oh, wow. three new style modes added to it, and this is an option in the navigation item of a view controller, and you can tell it, do I want my uh, navigation bar to act like a browser, an editor? or some hybrid frankenstein's monster i don't know go 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 look at the hig there's a new written hig yeah. and it has all these pretty pictures of these real nice default stylings of the new and i keep saying stylings but it's like where does the title go where do the uh buttons go where does like um the search uh thing go and these are all little hacks I've put into my apps. You always had to customize it to make it look exactly like this stuff. I like that there's just a real simple property now dot style and you just set the style to whatever you want. I didn't mean to make this a topic in the show. I, no. just, I, I, I love those little things because just you, I, you have to adopt it because it's just going to look so much better.
0: Well, while we're on the topic, because as I'm reading the documentation, it literally says build powerful document editing apps with the new editor style navigation bar, which is one of them Mm -hmm. that you're talking about. But it says, yeah, which brings the flexibility of the Mac toolbar to the iPad and allows for full customization, which means we can get to the topic, which is that iPad OS and Mac OS are basically the same operating system. (laughs) Let's just be crystal clear. About what's happening here, Apple? You're not hiding anything. <laughs> you and your what are they? No. What do they call that spot? Spot showcase on the on stage? What? Whatever oh. they the stupid thing where they bring the apps and they put them off to the side and the thing where you can have the sidecar? No, side. one of no, those. not the sidecar. It's the, the other it's one. Showcase yeah. spotlight. <laughs> anyways, well, center stage. Nope, that's not it. Whatever it's called. But anyways, you can now have floating windows on your iPad. It's basically. It's basically. For all intents and purposes, it is a Mac. Let's just be honest. Well,
1: only the newer, more expensive iPads get the floaty windows. But yeah, thanks, Apple. (laughs) Floaty windows are a common. And they have weird things about how they dock. So they're actually picking up some cues from Windows over there to make um, uh, Windows more dockable and all that stuff. If uh, if you're a developer, I don't know why I started my sentence like that. You're all developers. <laughs> Hi, developers. <laughs> Hello. Um, go look around on the Twitters, and there's some cool P-list hacking you can do to see this multi-window mode in simulators so you don't Ooh. actually have to go buy an expensive ipad you can hacksaw or your simulator so that you can have the multi-window support and test your app with it because honestly uh you know you always find bugs when you can start resizing windows uh apple has supported uh what the uh the, the quarter window size the half window size and the full window size so you you were supposed to be testing your apps against that and now that like mac catalyst is such a thing uh even the net 6 templates kind of default to it sometimes it seems to be auto selected uh we're having to get used to resizable apps but yeah it's on the ipad it's weird how they're merging did you see how the system preferences on mac os is now this weird mac catalyst app that looks kind of like the ios version did you see that
0: no i didn't see that at all that's interesting <laughs> they rewrote the settings app to be like
1: sorry it's the preferences app which yeah. they've now renamed settings so ah. hey everyone your preferences windows should now be called settings huh. uh, that's fun i'm gonna have to change that in all my apps it is somewhat automatic but who knows and they took the settings app from ios and that It's not the same app, obviously. And that's now running on Mac OS. It's kind of hilarious. And there are sessions describing uh, more like kind of Mac Catalyst hacks to not hacks, but you know, options, features, settings that you can change to make it more friendly on the Mac. Uh Uh,
0: Yes, it is further ever reintegrating stuff like, you know, they they just redesigned the Home Kit application, for example, and that is all using mac catalyst it's very nice it's very nice looking application uh and and it's very clear that you know it's we've talked about in the podcast for a long time which is why we're so excited about mac catalyst with 6 and and maui and all those other things which is it's very clear the route that apple is going in this unification of 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 bringing you know not just ios applications but really ipad os uh, applications to the Mac, but still allowing applications to break out of that box. If they want to. like, you don't have to build a Mac catalyst application, right? You don't have to do that. You can still build, you know, a Mac OS application. Like if you're Adobe or photo, you know, Photoshop or whatever, mm-hmm. or Lightroom, but for most developers, you want to target yeah. a new platform. You're going to get a new platform for free and still be able to light up specific features, which I think is really nice, but yes, it is. Ever, ever getting more common, and I think with you know that that's the theme that I've been saying, we've been saying on the pod for a while that that you know Swift, you know it was ever ever coming closer to taking over Objective C. Swift UI is ever getting closer um, to taking over um, storyboards, and um, you, this this WWDC, especially in the developer keynote. They were making it very clear, which is like Swift, Swift UI Xcode. We're bringing all these things together in a nice package. And like this, they even had a slide, which is like, if you still want to use the old stuff, like we still love you, but you should probably not, (laughs) uh, you know, so they'll support those things forever because things are built on them for a long time, but that unification, this unification, we're still years away from the full unification, but to your point about the iPad OS toolbar these are steps that they're it's these small incremental steps that allow you to ramp up make your app better and better and then boom they're gonna hit you with something that's like it's happening you know
1: yeah and honestly it was good to see apple doubling down on mac catalyst because we weren't sure if it was an intermediate tech we kept interpreting as this is not intermediate tech this is actually a future tech for them yeah um but it's it's only a few years old, it was hard to see its exact trajectory. So it's really good, honestly. Just from me, it's a little affirming that okay, they're they're moving their own apps over to it, they're dealing with it, they're improving it so that it's more friendly on the uh Mac. And I've seen from a lot of and even I was making fun of it. I think the new system preferences app is ugly as heck. <laughs> I yeah. think it's absolutely ugly. But it's Apple. They'll they'll get it on version two or three, you know, they'll they'll keep digging away keep improving mac catalyst until it's 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 it's, as high quality as uh os 10 has ever been and so it's just nice to have some kind of future plan there that everything's working out also it's just nice from a development perspective yeah we're getting a little late i want to make sure i mention do you remember i made one prediction and i begged apple not to do one thing on the podcast leading up to this Do you recall what I said?
0: I don't remember what you said. What was it? Did they do it? I'm so, what? Of course they did. Of Of course course
1: they they did. did. I I begged Apple, please, please, no new machine learning libraries. Oh,
0: you can't. You have to have a new one, Frank. You can't.
1: (laughs) It's a new year. (laughs) It's a new machine learning library. It hurts, James. It just hurts. It's not bad. It's not bad. Technically, they extended an existing library, but by extended, I mean completely rewrote it and changed what it was meant for.
0: <laughs> Core ML. Right? The, new, the new one that says it's a Swift framework, right? No. No, a new one. Something <laughs> else. What, what did they do? Create ML. Do you oh, remember yes. this one? Yes, Create ML. Yes, 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 yes. So they've created this,
1: <laughs> no pun intended, uh-huh. they've created this thing called Create ML components components Mm. what they're trying to do is move up an abstraction level in machine learning so when i deal with machine learning i tend to deal with it at a somewhat low level neural network i plug in the different layers think of those as like the op codes in a program or the statements in a program i build up these layers i massage them into the perfect little neural network and then i take days to train it and it's all very painful and it never quite works the way you want it to apple's trying to raise raise the abstraction to be like we're going to give you a bunch of pre-baked neural networks pre-trained and they call those transformers and you can combine them in all sorts of fancy ways kind of like a big flow graph and you can then plug in things called estimators. Estimators are those things that can be trained. So maybe you have some data, you do a bunch of transformations, you put an estimator at the end, you train it to estimate something. Now that estimator has become a transformer itself and can be plugged into other things. And it's neat. They've created this kind of componentized architecture. And I'm, I'm here all for it, except for a oh my god i didn't need another machine learning library (laughs) i really didn't please just you could have added this to one of the other ones but fine so i'm i i like it because i think it's a noble attempt i don't like it because it seems like it's very lacking in features Hmm. to start with it's very much set up for the three scenarios uh that they meant it for like for example uh the demo they gave was someone doing a video recording app that watches a person and counts the number of repetitions that they do of an activity Hmm. that is a very sophisticated app in 2014 it was hard to write that kind (laughs) of app and in the demo they wrote that app in like four lines of code because all uh, three quarters of the stuff was no four four quarters of the stuff was pre-baked and it all just kind of worked out of the box. Uh, Obviously, that is the happy path. That is the good lane, the green lane. But uh, the moment you step out of that lane, things are going to get a lot more tricky and all that. But that said, um, gosh darn you, Apple. Yet another machine learning library. But good on you for attempting to raise the abstraction level.
0: They did actually introduce yet another machine learning library that is actually up one level you totally forgot about it do you know what it is do you know what i'm talking about the the other machine i'm so scared what did i miss what did i miss
1: james
0: (laughs) i think you know what it is maybe we'll see if you know it's a live text api do you know about this one
1: oh uh yes um live text api i thought we had this already so they did is this a part of the vision framework where if you have a live view it's already finding text in your camera content, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it will grab text straight from photos and pause video frames. It, you can enable text interactions, translations, data detection, and QR code scanning Jeez. directly in iOS, iPadOS, or macOS. So it's a it's a new two lines of code to to grab that. Now, Google's had this as well, and, and you know, everyone <laughs> else has had this, but they also have standardized the control that brings it up. So you don't have to create a um um a camera view or something like that in your app you can for all intents I can't use intents anymore on this but <laughs> you can you can launch an intent called the live text api but the it will give you a view that you can put in your app that's a little button that standardizes it so in every app there's uh pretty much a, a scanning button which is kind of cool so anyways that's in there yeah the live text api that is nice but frank i want to talk about one i have a few other the quick, okay. We'll do quick ones. Lightning
1: round. Lightning <laughs> round.
0: Uh, yeah, because I, I gotta go in, in like you know like a little bit here too. So um this is crazy though. Apple, you know, they're a services company now, by the way. They don't mm. they don't care about any of the services. They've created a new developer service that they are gonna charge money for, WeatherKit. Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's
1: weird. Uh, I guess and, this is the whole the dark sky purchase thing, yes. something like
0: that. Yep. Dark sky purchase. It's the it's the weather calling it Apple weather powered by Apple weather. So this is giving you a now this is actually really cool. I'm not going to lie about it for if you're using any iOS 16, Mac 13, TVS, watch any, any new a, a, iOS, you know, a you know, platform level weather kit gives you pretty much like two lines of code. And you get all the weather information. You do 10 day forecast, minute by minute predictions, UV index, all the different stuff like that. And it's a, it's a brand new, beautiful API, but you can also call it with a rest API. So you can put on your back end, right? It's privacy first, everything's super duper crazy. You know, privacy is not shared with anything like that, but you know, weather data is not free and you got to pay monies for it. Now they're going to give you a. You a 500,000 calls per month for free. But if you know, you got a big app, you're talking a million calls. You want, you want, you know, 500 calls for free. That's that's 500,000 calls. That's free. You want a million 50 bucks a month. You want 20 million thousand <laughs> million? Thousand bucks a month, you know, okay. you know, if you got a big weather app, th- this is the thing that's interesting. I mean, it's great. It's great. This is like the first API that I know of that they're charging. Money for which makes sense because it's weather data, it's an API you get charged money for, but slippery slope. Apple, slippery
1: slope. Ah, you said it, they're a services company. I don't think it's too much of a slippery slope because, like, uh, if you use CloudKit beyond uh, the, the the free part, you pay for it. Yeah, so we, we've gone down this path a tiny bit with Apple. I'm sad to see that they're completely monetizing it. I believe it, it makes me afraid, like, um, MapKit. Got a lot of new extensions this year. Uh, a, a new map renderer. There's beautiful new maps on iPhone now, but they still have a lot of limitations about like what overlays they can put on and things like that. And one of the big ones is they'll only keep you in 3D mode if you use Apple's API to get directions, mm-hmm. and it returns special magic data so it can actually stay in 3D mode. And right now that's still free. But what if they start charging for that? Uh, i don't know about the slippery slope argument but i think you might be right it does feel a tiny bit like a slippery slope it's slippery slope
0: i mean that that kind of happened with google maps like eventually there's a you got to pay for stuff if you want you know all the stuff you know the bigger app you know for 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 the stuff that we're building like i'm not building any weather stuff but if i was building weather app i'd be like this is a pretty nice api but how much is it going to cost me and can i recoup a thousand dollars every month yeah it's expensive but maybe that's cheaper. You Know we we could have our uh friend that, that builds the uh the weather app, um, happy Weather, uh, come back <laughs> on and uh, talk about his sponsored a podcast a while ago. Uh, he's working on like a yeah. new version of it, uh, Barty, mm-hmm. and see if this is a fascinating him. We'll get up to get his opinions on it, Frank. Yes. What else are we missing? Um, b- oh, b- I want to b- b- do some b- b- quick ones, I want
1: to do some yep. low level ones real quick, yes. real quick. Um, on iPad, you can now. Right? USB drivers. Oh yes. That's something. You've always wanted to do that, yep. James, haven't you?
0: <laughs> yep. I can plug my printer into my iPad. <laughs> yep. Yep.
1: <laughs> okay. I, I know this is esoteric, everyone, but I do like to make my little electronic things. And mm-hmm. it's always been super annoying that I can't interface my electronics with my iPad. You have to go through Wi-Fi or something high latency. You can't plug into that port. Well, guess what? You can now. It's super cool. <laughs> In driver kit, they actually didn't change anything from driver kit. They just took driver kit from Mac. So you take your (laughs) Mac drivers and you throw them on your iPad. More more arguments for the merger of those two things. But that was actually never the problem with driver kit. Driver kit's easy to write a driver. It's no big deal. The problem was Apple wouldn't let you release the drivers. You had to go through all this approval process and everything. Well, that's still somewhat true, but here's how they've improved it. So the driver just ships as a special extra little bundle bundled in with your app. So that's awesome. Uh, It's fully under the user's control. So when they've installed your app, they can go to settings and turn your driver on and off. Mm. And lastly, Apple still has to approve your driver. uh, An extra step. Which... No one's gone through it yet. We don't know how nice or mean they're going to be. How much they're going to test it. They can't really test it without your hardware. Mm. Right? It's kind of how drivers work. Yeah. So I'm really not sure how that process is going to go, but it is wonderful. Like at least just you know for myself, I can write my own little drivers now and just throw them onto the app because I'm pretty sure a developer signed app will work just fine.
0: That's I like fun. that. That's a cool one. I totally I do remember that one. It's a cool one. What else you got? Uh, speaking
1: of developer developer mode james another android feature copied over to ios <laughs> <laughs> uh if you install ios 16 you're gonna have to go into settings dig around for a while there's a mm. developer mode you got to turn on that's just a public no. service announcement
0: i did not know that
1: so you that, didn't know that no, yeah we no. copied the worst android feature ever at least you don't have to like tap 10 times in a <laughs> row really to the like beat of i don't know Mary hit had a little lamb uh yeah so developer mode has come to ios at least it's not on the mac yet weird and no, i have
0: definitely come in the Mac soon, that's for sure
1: ah uh, darn it <laughs> and i have another fun low level one this is actually old tech that they introduced perhaps last year uh they built a virtualization hypervisor framework Ooh. right into the operating system this is mac i'm sorry everyone mac um and it's built into the M1s. The M1s are really good at hypervisor, M2s especially. Uh, the problem was they had designed this API. You could tell it was a good API, James. It was good. But they didn't write one word of documentation. Not one. <laughs> Not even like documentation to be added. They didn't even bother to write that. So I, I, I had struggled. I, I I really wanted to use this thing. You can run any kind of kernel, uh, Linux or... Uh, Windows or Mac. The neat thing is at WW, uh, they actually had a presentation and sample code showing how to use the stupid library. Mm. So now we all know how to actually use it. And it's super cool. Um, on an M1, you obviously still need to run like ARM64 Linux. But get this, okay? Say you're on an M1, you're running an ARM64 Linux in virtualization, they still enable Rosetta. So you can take an x86 app in Linux and run it in ARM Linux. That's something ARM Linux doesn't even support, <laughs> and Mac ARM Linux does. Oh, wow! So you can run x86 code in your ARM Linux on an M1 thanks to Awesome Rosetta. That is a power move. That is just showing off a system programmer showing off. <laughs>
0: but it's so cool (laughs) that's pretty cool that's pretty bananas
1: i love it because if you're writing like a mac app where you want to provide your own sandbox the greatest way to do that is create a virtualized machine uh spin up a tiny little kernel and run your app inside that little virtual machine i really think all apps honestly should be architected this way (laughs) like every document in your app should be run in a tiny little protected virtual
0: machine yeah. i think it just
1: makes coding better okay those were my low level ones
0: uh i mean we got we have to do uh, i want to do a whole podcast on m2 so we're, we're not going to touch yeah. on that M- m2 is here new macbook air which I should have waited and bought this new one it looks really cool <laughs> new design it's got full usb ports people um does it full usb ports no it's got two usb ports and it's got magsafe oh my gosh oh my god it's amazing oh, my god. um <laughs> you know what you know what uh they did take some time to show off was swift charts they're including yeah. charts and graphs and things pretty hot pretty hot animated uh, yeah oh, i want to do a whole podcast on pass keys now you didn't you didn't look into pass keys and um I, I see security and i turn my eyes away james that's what happens i want to do a full podcast on on past okay keys. uh because i don't you, you i gotta watch the whole episode the whole episode. I gotta watch the whole <laughs> video on pass keys, but it's a they want to get rid of passwords. Okay. And uh I'm I wanna I wanna fully soak it in, yeah comprehend it. I'm close, but I think I'm gonna need some Frank assistance there. And there's a lot of there's a lot of APIs that have I
1: can't wait. We're gonna design a whole new GUID architecture just for it. It's
0: gonna be great. God. Well it, this may I'm thinking that this may solve my um my my yeah. my problem with creating user accounts mm-hmm. that we had with the animal Animal crossing thing yeah i don't I remember we'll see make um, sure you listen to that episode
1: i will do my homework also and i'm looking forward to non-security guys
0: talking security again <laughs> it's gonna <yeah>. be great <laughs> classic uh i think besides that, that that's maybe all the things that i can think about
1: well i'm sorry I, and i'm we're gonna leave on this note because this is the high note to leave on your nintendo switch controllers now work out <gasps> nice. of the box on ios 16
0: boom baby mic drop mic drop <laughs> they did it they did it people i like it uh it's good stuff. Uh, I like it's their...
1: just good it's good to see these peripherals you know it's it's good they opened up driver kit it's good they're just allowing all these other game controllers to just run
0: and I'm liking their documentation. They've been redoing their documentation site, and it's a lot better. Um, so give that a view. <laughs> I don't know. So th- <laughs> definitely give that a, give that a peek. Um, let us know what your favorite feature coming out of Dub 2022 was. Head to MergeConflict.fm. We'll read back those on next week's podcast. Uh, if we missed anything, uh, let us know. Let us know if we wanted to talk deeper on a full subject. We'll totally do. If you want to talk about charts and graphs for 30 minutes. We can do that too.
1: Um, HDR. All HDR. All the time.
0: Apparently all the HDR. Um, <laughs> it's there. We'll totally let you know. But uh, I think it's going to do it for this week's podcast because I got to go to sleep because I'm very tired, but I have to edit this podcast first. So I guess I'm not going to sleep, but that means I'm just going to go. We nailed first, it. No editing it. needed. Nope. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, it's going to do it for this week's podcast until next week. I'm James Motz Magno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace.